1: Well, the word of God is an appropriate and familiar term for the Bible, the scriptures. It is not merely words about God. We refer to it as the word of God. It is not even wise words from men about God. It is one unified body of work from God. And so we refer to it as the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says this, All scripture is inspired, or literally breathed out, inspired by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Then in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it says, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Men moved by the Holy Spirit. In the previous uh, passage, Inspired, breathed out by God. It came from God. The understanding of where the Bible comes from is a significant point in our study of the wisdom of God that we have been in in 1 Corinthians. In speaking of the distinction between the wisdoms of man and God, as well as the method of delivering or explaining those wisdoms, Paul has emphasized the superiority and otherworldliness of God's wisdom centered in the gospel. And as he continues to explain this for us, he delves into the role of the Holy Spirit in this whole thing. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. Would you turn there with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 10 through 13, and that's the passage we will unpack this morning. And again, he's continuing this flow of thought and explaining the wisdom of God, explaining the wisdom of God in his ministry, explaining how he didn't use man's wisdom or man's methods in preaching the gospel, but used just preaching the gospel according to the methods of God, which is just to present the truth. And here he says, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. We often use the term the agency of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of Scripture. He is the secret agent, if you will, because as we saw, that for long periods of time, and even now for the unconverted, The gospel is a hidden mystery. It is secret. And in speaking of the agency or the agent of God's word, that ties into this passage and our outline for this morning. And that is four qualifications of the Holy Spirit to be the agent of God's word. Four qualifications of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be the agent of God's word. Now, to be clear, we will find that this isn't a situation where God the Father sought these qualifications, like he had these written out qualifications, like a boss uh, or, or, or a manager looking for an employee. This is what we're looking for. And the Holy Spirit was one of many, or perhaps the only one who happened to meet that criteria that the Father had laid out. These qualifications that we're going to look at, these four qualifications, are after the fact. In other words, only the Holy Spirit could be the agent of God's word, and we are reassured of his abilities in this passage. You could almost say that we are given four assurances that the Holy Spirit is qualified to be the agent of God's word. So what are those four assurances? What are those four qualifications? Qualifications or four qualities of the Holy Spirit that makes him able to do this? Well, the first is the perception of the Holy Spirit. The perception of the Holy Spirit, his understanding. Let me read for you again, verse 10, 1 Corinthians 2. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now remember, this verse comes on the heel of Paul's quote of Isaiah that we saw last week in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2. And there, he made the point that the wisdom of God cannot be discovered through human wisdom or even human faculties like intellect or even the five senses that we have been given. And the challenge then is to figure out how we as Christians know the things of God, because we do know the things of God. And if we can't figure it out through our own intellect, through even the heights of the wisdom of man, or our own wisdom, or even through the the senses of sight, or hearing, or taste, or touch, or any of those, how can we know, how is it that we know those things? And the answer is simple. The Holy Spirit. That's the answer to the question. God has revealed them to his own through himself, the Holy Spirit. The word reveal that Paul uses here means to reveal, to disclose, to uncover. And so remember, this ties directly into what we saw last week regarding uh, the, the secret, the hidden mystery of God. So to reveal, in this case, means... To remove, it's it's the removal of any barrier that God had put in place to keep the content of his gospel a mystery or a secret. And so, these things were revealed. The barrier was removed, and through the Holy Spirit, the apostles were given this wisdom. He, the Holy Spirit, is the key to understanding God's wisdom. It is a supernatural means to knowing that which is naturally or humanly unknowable. Now, this is nothing new. As a general principle, we know the scriptures attest to the fact that men know God through the power of the Holy Spirit, both through the timeline of human history and the revelation of the gospel in Jesus Christ, but also on a person-to-person, individual level. And so he is the key. That's the general principle. As a specific principle, we know that this is true, because we know that Paul has already said this in in regards to his personal ministry, back in verse 4. I'll read that for you, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. He says, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. There it is, talking about the, the rejection of the human wisdom or human methods. He goes on to say, but... In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Even more to the point, the revelation of God in general comes from the Spirit, as we see in verse 10 that we're looking at right now. But the more important point that Paul is making here is to explain why the Holy Spirit is the one who can do this. So we we, we already know this, right? What he said in the beginning of this verse we've already been explained, the wisdom of God, the secrecy of the the wisdom of God, and all those things. So the more important point he's making here, and why he repeats some of these same truths, is that the Holy Spirit is the one who does this, who can do this. I mean, think about it. If the wisest human being, or the wisest even of human leaders, authorities, cannot attain to it, if the perfect, the perfect Usage of all our intellect and senses cannot attain to it. What is it, or why is it, that the Holy Spirit can? And the answer to that is found in the second part of the verse. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now, I don't want you to be confused by the word searches. This is not search uh, like looking for something, like a, like a search party, right? Looking sometimes aimlessly for a, for a lost dog, for example, or you running around your house or your office looking uh, for lost keys because you don't know where they are. It's not searching for something that you don't know. It's not trying to put two and two together. The word searches means in the Greek to examine, to investigate, to penetrate. So, it's not that the Holy Spirit is trying to gain some new knowledge or discover something he doesn't already know. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God, very God. The idea is that he is exploring that which he already knows. He is exploring God's purposes thoroughly so as to reveal them and to reveal them in a way that's understandable, as we'll see as we continue on in the passage. So again, he's not trying to figure things out. He's not being alerted or alarmed or surprised by anything new that God has within his mind because he is God. Okay? This is not a process of investigation to gain knowledge, but it is for the purpose of communicating what he already knows. And this, by the way, the word searches is written in a tense that indicates that this is always true. This is constantly happening. So what is it that he is searching? The depths of God. The very essence of God, in other words. This would include everything about God. Even the things that we are not aware of. Even the aspects of him that we cannot and will not ever comprehend. They would include some of the things that we are given glimpses of in the scriptures and we do understand to at least a finite degree. So things like his attributes, things like his choices, this reasoning and his thought process behind his choices, and also his plans. And when you put these two ideas together, the ideas of searching and the depths, and you combine them together in what the Holy Spirit is doing, what we are being told here is that the Holy Spirit so fully comprehends God's nature and plans that he is fully competent to reveal them to us. Okay, I'm going to say that again because that's key to understanding uh, his qualifications or his ability to reveal the scriptures. What we're being told here is that the Holy Spirit so fully, so completely comprehends God's nature and plans that he is fully competent to reveal them to us. Nobody else is able to do this, okay? Not the prophets, okay? Uh, Not the apostles, only the Holy Spirit, because only the Holy Spirit has the full understanding, the full searching, of the deaths of God. There's a principle in Greek philosophy, and goes but like this: like is only known by like. Like is only known, like is known only by like. Same thing. So uh, dogs cannot fully comprehend human nature, right? if you have a pet dog you understand that it responds to certain things certain commands maybe can even understand when you're sad or happy or whatever it may may be right but a dog cannot fully comprehend human nature perhaps more uh, to the point is humans cannot fully understand canine nature right? We, we can study behavior. We can study biology. We can, we can look at wild dogs in, in their, in their wild habitat in nature. We can study the different breeds of dogs. You, you may have lived with your dog for 10, 15 years. You can know, you know, the cues when he's hungry, all those things. But, and you may guess like, oh, he does that. I know that look on his face, or she's hungry now, or she's whatever. But truly, even on a biological level, Right? We can't fully understand dogs to the d- degree that dogs do. Okay? And vice versa. And this principle is applied here in that humans cannot fully know God or his wisdom because like is known only by like. Only God can fully know God. And that's why only the Holy Spirit can be the one who reveals these truths to us because only God knows fully God. So Holy Spirit, Son, Father, whichever line of the triangle you want to put there. And if there's to be any semblance of man knowing God or anything about God, there must be a link. There must be a bridge, a a revelator, an agent. And that's the Holy Spirit. And to emphasize once again a point that Paul has made over and over, nothing in this world, including human effort, can bridge the gap to apprehend or comprehend God. Without the Spirit, we would all be left in darkness and ignorance, leading to unrepentance and ultimately damnation. The Holy Spirit is the key and we know he can do that and we can trust that what he has told the apostles is true and is from god because of his understanding his perception let me give you a second qualification of the holy spirit to be the agent of god's word and that is the privilege the privilege of the holy spirit which we see in verse 11 Paul continues, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. I mentioned the principle that only man can understand man because only like can understand like. On a smaller scale of that principle regarding man, only that particular individual knows his own thoughts. Only you know your own thoughts. I may know certain things about you if you're a close friend of mine, but I don't know all of your thoughts. I don't know everything about you. I don't know the skeletons in your closet. I don't know the whatever would be all the, the opposite of skeletons in your closets, the successes, the joys. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, we as egotistical man, we like to think we know what other people are thinking. We make a lot of assumptions. But we don't truly know. Only that person knows. Only you know you. Only your wife fully knows your wife. Only you get the point. Your memories, your reflections, your motives. These things belong solely to each and every individual. In the same way, only God knows the thoughts of God. And not only what we're reading here in verse 11 is this a clear statement that the Holy Spirit is God, but also. That he is qualified to make the revelation that was given to Paul and the other apostles. Listen to Matthew 11. Don't turn there. Listen to Matthew 11, verse 27. This same principle of like can only be known by like is seen in Jesus. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. This is the Son. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son... And then here it is. And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. That's revelation. Okay? And if it's a privilege for the Spirit to know the mind of God, uh, uh, excuse me, if it's a privilege for the Spirit to know the mind of God as He is God Himself, how incredibly wonderful is it that He would reveal that to those who are once enemies of God? He, He knows what's going on, He is God. And what's more, he knows the thoughts of God. In other words, he knows hell. He knows what we have done. He, he knows what we deserve, what we have earned. He understands damnation. He understands the penalty on the cross. He understands all of that. And yet, he has chosen to reveal himself to the undeserving. That is so incredible and marvelous. Have you, have you ever been in a, a situation where someone you know, a close friend, a coworker, has ha- has had the opportunity to get the inside scoop on something, right? Maybe for whatever reason, you you find that he actually had an audience with the CEO of your company, and the CEO shared some private stuff about the business, or even some personal things that you may have heard about on the rumor mill. You know, something with a celebrity or or. Or, or maybe someone you're not connected to, maybe not someone you work for. I actually had a friend uh, who moved up a, up the ranks in the White House and worked for Condoleezza Rice. Uh, I had another uh, friend also from the same, uh, we were in the same church and Bible study together, who rose up and was on George Bush's uh, speech writing team. And, and naturally, one of the first things you always ask in a situation like this is, What's she like? What's he like? And then, of course, you want to prod a little, knowing that the answer is probably going to be, I can't tell you, but what did they say to you? Give give me some inside scoop, right? And you have the general idea of who these people are. I I knew who, who Condoleezza Rice was. I knew about her. I could read about her and, of course, who George Bush was and somewhat about his family life and 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 his faith, and things like that. But I didn't know him personally. I didn't know her personally. And so when I had the opportunity to know or get a glimpse of what they were really like, I really wanted to know, what are they really like? Well, because of the privilege of the Spirit and the grace of God, we, to a certain extent, limited by our sin and humanness, we know what God is like. We know what he says, and we know what he's thinking. Forget about Condoleezza Rice. I mean, I, I would imagine some of you, especially those of you who are more politically conservative and, and those of you, uh, you know, who, who, who follow these things, probably when I, when I shared that said, oh, wow, my pastor had one or two degrees separation from some of the most powerful people in the world a few years ago. You have full access to the mind of God, the will of God, the thoughts of God. And it's not just because you have been given a secret autobiography that nobody else, that never made it out to to the publishing house. It's because he loves you and he has revealed these things to all who love him. And he has opened the door for all in the world. To pick up a Bible, to look on the Internet, to download an app, to know God. Forget about some famous politician. Forget about your your favorite actor or your favorite athlete and trying to get to know him or get his autograph or or win a, a lunch with them to pick their brain or whatever it may be. Do you understand the privilege we have? Because through the Holy Spirit, we know God not just about him, not just his word, but have full access to him and full privilege to know God as our Father. That should blow your mind. But as with so many things, I think it's something that we can become immune to. I don't know if that's a good word, but we get used to these types of things, right? How often are you... Buying your spouse flowers compared to when you were courting her when you guys were dating. How often do you tell your husband you you love him compared to your first few months of marriage? We just kind of get used to things. And so we get used to things like we're saved. We know God. We have the gospel. We have the mystery revealed. But you have to understand that this is the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. Emphasis on through the Holy Spirit in this passage, because you could not have done it. Hi, this is Roger Chen of Grace Church of the Bay Area, and our radio ministry, Grace to the Bay. I hope that this series on First Corinthians has been a blessing to you, and I just want to encourage you, as we come to the end of the year, as we look forward to broadcasting our sermons in 2022, would you prayerfully consider supporting us as we are a listener-supported ministry? If the Lord has led you to do that, you can go to our church website, gracebayarea.org, and just click on the giving link. And we are so appreciative. We want to offer this and continue to preach the word and get the truth of God's word out to the greater Bay Area. Even if you are unable to give at this time, would you just go on our website, gracebayarea.org, and send us an email and let us know how We can pray for you or how this ministry has been a blessing to you. Thank you so much. And until next week, have a great Saturday and have a great week.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.